Busey Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth. Since 1868, member FDIC. Good morning. It is Thursday, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Happy National Star Wars Day. It is five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. We're glad you're joining us this morning. Of course, you can follow along on YouTube. Just type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. You can also find Rob on Twitter, Rob M. Kendall. And I'm on Twitter as well, Casey Daniels 317. Okay, so we start this hour. Oh, I wanted to mention coming up in about 45 minutes. We're going to speak with a major Major League Baseball player. Former Major League Baseball yeah. player, Bill Sampin, our mm-hmm. buddy from out there on the west side. So he has purchased the former Hoosier Athletic Sports Complex. Yeah. And he is uh, planning on creating Grand Park, essentially Grand Park 2.0 uh, for people on the west side. It's going to be a fabulous, uh, fabulous thing for that area. And uh, they're going to make it work. So, yeah, we're going to have Bill coming up at uh, at 1145. Yeah, it'll be cool. I, uh, I can't wait to hear what he has to say about his plans for the complex. But we start this hour talking about Donald Trump. And he may skip the first Republican debate this summer. It's going to be held in August. It will be in Milwaukee, but uh, his campaign has indicated to the Republican National Committee that they have no intention of participating in this debate. I'm going to say something, and it's either going to be the most bold, brilliant thing I've ever said, or it's going to be the most stupid thing I've ever said. Well, you know, it was it was just a few days ago, the anniversary of your interview with Donald That's Trump. That's right, yes. Where what, he said you were a great dream. Yes, uh, yes, terrific. It was a great dream. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe at some point we'll play that for the people again. I don't know. People love hearing how Trump said I was just wonderful and amazing. Um, if he does not participate in the debates, it should disqualify people from voting for him. Hmm. If you are too afraid to stand on a stage and take questions and banter with people who want the same job as you, then that is a per, a very cowardly person who, who, quite frankly, is afraid of what the end result might be and is not interested in working for you. That is a person interested in having something handed to them and not interested in putting in the work necessary in order to earn the job. And if he does indeed ultimately uh, – now, let me preface this by saying I would vote for an orange peel, a literal orange peel over Joe Biden. So whether it's DeSantis or Tim Scott or Trump or whoever, unless it's you know some uber-liberal – uh, that somehow magically gets the Republican nomination. I will vote for whoever the Republican nominee is, but on the Republican side, if this person is too afraid to stand on a stage and talk about the issues and prove his prove his worth with his opponents, there's no way I would vote for that person. So Trump said that he's leading by insurmountable numbers, oh. which can change. He knows that. But he's not going to have hostile networks with angry Trump and MAGA-hating anchors asking the questions. But he's going on CNN. Right. But, as we've stated before, we know the crowd 
in the town hall meeting that he's going to be at on CNN is filled with Republicans and independents. Yeah, but 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 this is the this is this, that bothers me even more because you should want what's the old saying? Iron sharpens iron. You should want to have you know a bit if you're indeed you're so far ahead and it's insurmountable you know lead and you should want to be asked hard questions you should want a hostile environment because that's what you're gonna get in the presidential campaign Mm -hmm. the odds are stacked against you if you're the republican nominee for president the odds are stacked against you winning you should want to toughen yourself up to be the best candidate you can possibly be and let's face it vivek ramaswamy and aza hutchinson and chris christie and nikki haley are not exactly world beaters and if you can't with relative ease glide past those people on stage well then maybe the problem is you i think vivek has the potential to sound like the smartest guy on the stage if he doesn't come across as the, hey, Spike, hey, Spike, little dog. (laughs) But from a Trump perspective, if indeed you do have an insurmountable lead, which he doesn't, that's completely ridiculous. There is an eternity between now and then. Mm -hmm. This should be like a walk in the park. All you got to do is not say something I mean, but with Trump, who knows? I mean, he may even say something wholly ridiculous and he still isn't impacted. But man, what a giant red flag if this guy refuses to participate. Okay, so it's also being reported that there's a second debate that could potentially happen at the Reagan Presidential Library in California. But Trump doesn't want to go to that one either because the library has never invited him to speak there. He's offended. This is what I'm saying, why Trump cannot be the nominee, because he hasn't learned anything. It is still all about Trump. It is still all about this ridiculous, uh, look at me, look at me, look at me behavior. He still thinks he's hosting The Apprentice. He still thinks he's a guy going on, uh, you know, the, the television talk circuit, promoting a book or a wine or a steak or a whatever. Bro, you are running for president of the United States. And when you are the nominee, there's going to be half the country that wants to kick your behind. And the fact that he doesn't want to gear up for that, Mm -hmm. and it's still the same, well, I won't go because they didn't ask me to speak. What in the world is that? (laughs) I wasn't invited. I'm so offended. You know, he's got a couple other things going on right now. Donald Trump does. He had that lawsuit against the New York Times. It was tossed out by the New York Supreme Court yesterday. And now Trump is being ordered to pay all the attorney's fees and other legal expenses. And also, he apparently is cutting his trip short from Ireland because he wants to confront his accuser in the New York civil rape case. He's describing that as a political attack. However, Chris Christie has been saying that the reason Trump doesn't want to do these debates, because he's scared, obviously, He's afraid. Well, and that's I, what Chris Christie is saying. Yeah, I think he told was it the New York Times that he said that too. I am loath to agree with Chris Christie. However, in this case, he is spot on that I think Trump is afraid. I think Trump is afraid to stand on the stage with a group of people who will press him. I mean, he's the front runner. That's what happens when you're the front runner, whether it's Trump or uh, you know John McCain or uh, Mitt Romney or whoever. 
They're trying to get you. They want what you have. Well, sure. Those people are going to press you. Everybody else is on offense. Yeah. He's got to play defense. And he doesn't want to stand up and explain his views on things or the things he's done or the things he said. And you're going to have to explain it eventually. You're going to lose. I don't think Trump actually cares if he loses or not. I think he just wants attention. And again, I hate agreeing with Chris Christie, but... Yeah, I think he is afraid because I don't think he thinks anything good will come of it. So Chris Christie said that uh, Trump should participate in the primary, uh, the debates, because it's going to help the American people decide who is best prepared to become president. We already know what Trump is like as a president. So to that point, do you really need to see him debate? I mean, you know what you're going to get. Sure, it may, it may, he should stand there and answer questions. Right. But if this is a way for you to gauge what you're going to get as a president, you already know. But it isn't a way just to gauge of what you're going to get as a president. It's a way to, to figure out what do you want to do for this country? How are you going to do those things for this country? How You know, the problem with Trump is he makes all these bold predictions with no details. We're going to build a wall and make mm-hmm. Mexico pay for it. Now, it was hilarious to people like me who knew what was going on, but there's a lot of people out there who genuinely believed that Trump was going to somehow build this wall and make Mexico pay for it. Trump does that all the time on stuff. Well, he's done it with Ukraine. Sure. He, I can end this in 24 hours. And with no detail whatsoever mm-hmm. on how that would happen. Now, again, the first time through for people like me who just wanted to watch the world burn and wanted to watch Trump pull the mask back on what our government is, which for all the things you can say and be critical about Trump, he did do that. Everybody now knows the cabal that runs this country. And that was for me why I supported Trump. He was absolutely 100% the best person for our entire world, our entire country to see the nameless, faceless bureaucrats that are sabotaging regular people. Resounding success. But I've already seen that now. Now I want someone who will actually govern and actually be successful at governing. You want somebody who's going to get on that stage and be serious. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Okay, now Chris Christie has said he is considering his own run for president. Again? Well, I mean, what's what's he going to pull? He's like Mike Pence. But you know what? I've got more. If Trump doesn't debate, I've got more respect for Chris Christie because at least he's willing to stand up in front of a room full of people, in front Mm -hmm. of the nation, and say, here's what I want to do. Here's how I do it. I have no respect for someone who who thinks so little of the taxpayer and the voter that they won't answer questions. All right. We've got Indigo trending. We've got Mecham Auctions trending. And also Mitch McConnell says that he's going to attend the debt ceiling negotiations at the White House. <laughs> Wait, what was that, Rob? <sighs> uh, that's on the way from 93 WIBC. It is 16 minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey. minutes after 11 it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc what people are talking about this morning a historic indianapolis mansion going on the market for the first time in over eight decades wow uh this home is located at 5 east 71st street in the heart of meridian hills was once owned by eli Lilly, chairman and ceo randall tobias also was owned by an olympic swimmer how much oh boy um let me see here 4.7 mil that's it yeah how big is it does it got deets 21,644 square feet 
Eight bedrooms, uh-huh. including including a guest apartment with eight, a private entrance. Eight bedrooms. Eleven bathrooms, five half baths, multiple garages. It can hold up to nine cars. Wow. Two kitchens, a private guest apartment, a wine tasting gallery, an elevator, a swimming pool, a spa, a cabana, and a tennis court. I wonder why it is going up for sale now. Does it say? No. I mean, that's a long time for a house to be in the same, I mean, you would assume it's the same family since it has not been for sale in eight decades. Um, the house was built in 1940. Okay. So I thought maybe it was a little older than that, but that would be right. That would be eight decades ago. So they built the house and there's never not been in that family then, basically. Well, no, it was owned by an Olympic swimmer at one point. No, you're right. Same family. Yeah. It it stayed in the family. That's too bad. Yeah. Uh, But with that, what, a nine, nine car garage, you could put possibly a Bruce Springsteen 1969 convertible in it that's up for auction. With the Meekum Auto Sales. Oh, how exciting. Yes. Have you, are you, because uh, there's a famous episode of Seinfeld about buying John Voight's car. Yeah. And I then, of course, it's not the John Voight. Right. It's a different John Voight. Uh, are you a person who believes that the, you there should be a premium if someone famous owned something before you, like Betty White's home mm-hmm. when she passed away? You could buy Betty White's home. Would you add any value to something if someone famous owned the thing before you? <laughs> no. Okay, I thank think you. we've had this conversation thank about uh, jerseys yeah. and uh, athletic-worn sweatshirts that yeah. are worth so much more money because somebody famous wore it in a game. Well, okay, but that's a little no. different. What I'm saying is, like, you're talking about, hey, this was Wayne Gretzky, the jersey Wayne Gretzky wore when the Edmonton Oilers won the Stanley Cup. I'm not talking about that. I can see where people would value that. What I'm talking about is like a basic nuts and bolts thing because that's a historical sporting event. These are the golf clubs Tiger Woods used to win the 1997 Masters. Totally get that. What I'm talking about is just a basic nuts and bolts thing, whether it's a car or a home. I'm always amazed at the value people put on things because someone famous had owned it beforehand. I would say no, but I will make this one exception. No? Elvis Presley, <laughs> yes, Elvis Presley's $800,000 Harley Davidson is up for auction. Okay. And it was the last motorcycle he purchased. So, and it's it's really cool looking. It's, it's So you said what? This is a baby a, blue. Okay. He, he bought a 1976 Harley Davidson. It's a it's an electric glide and it's going to be up for auction in August. Okay, but that's the let's go back to the Springsteen one. You said it was a 1969 Corvette, is mm, that right? Convertible, yeah. Convertible. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I wonder why he would even be selling that. It's not like he needs money. He needs the money. Uh, Maybe he's running out of space. That could very well be it. The car was loaned out, by the way. That Bruce Springsteen car. Uh Guess where it was on display? Where? The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Of course, right? Yes, very good. (laughs) All right. And another vehicle, more transportation we should talk about. Indigo says 12 of its bus routes are going to be streamlined. They don't have enough drivers. They need to hire about 100 drivers to be fully staffed. They're going to change. Uh, they're going to post all the changes online beginning June 11th. Isn't that amazing? It's going to affect four different routes. Well, isn't that amazing? Even though how many times we were proven public transportation does not work in this city. I mean, they, it, downtown pre-red line was so easy to drive around. One of the things I loved in the good old days of downtown was how easy it was to maneuver around this city. 
Now, that has all changed since they invented this red line, which helps like seven people move around. But it is it is amazing how many times we are proven over and over and over again the public transportation system as structured in this city does not work because there is not a want for the thing that we are told we must have. Yeah. And yet they just keep doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on it. Government will never stop eating. People love their cars. Americans love their cars. It's a place that you're in your own sanctuary there listening to what you want to listen to and it can't be replaced by that public transportation. And Indianapolis is not New York City. It's not, you know, Chicago. There are not so many drivers. It's well, and even less coming r- downtown. Right, right. It'd be thanks to the Hogsett administration mm-hmm. that you need this mass public transportation plan. And that's because the mass public transportation plan that's been enacted is not because of a need or a want. It's because they're trying to force a political ideology onto people. Mm -hmm. It is 1126. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's get into this uh, Mitch McConnell. He said that he has accepted Joe Biden's invitation to attend a debt ceiling negotiation. What, What kind of invitation is that? Is that just like... You know, here's your invitation. Do you think it's a formal, someone drops off a letter? uh, Right. Is it via text? Right. Is it a phone call? Hey, you're going to the White House. Uh, Like, you know, what kind of invitation is this? Well, this is not good for anyone if Mitch McConnell is going to be involved in this. (laughs) So as bad as it was for McCarthy to be the negotiator, I think it's even worse if McConnell's going to be involved in it. And why do you say that? Because Mitch McConnell loves to spend other people's money, and he's just said not too long ago when he cut the legs off the incoming House Republican majority and struck a $1.7 trillion spending deal along with his uh, his uh, child there in the Senate, uh, Todd Young, that <laughs> funding Ukraine was the most important thing for the Republicans in the Senate. Well, that's the most important thing. That is not somebody that you want negotiating on your behalf. Okay, so he says you get a choice between accepting the House bill or entering into dis, into an, a discussion and the speaker's been trying to have that discussion with the president for a while now so all of a sudden the president turns around and invites McConnell in yeah. is that almost like inviting a friend on your side well in this case yes because yeah. Mitch McConnell and the Republicans in the Senate love to spend printed money that other people future generations will have to pay back and so the fact that McConnell is getting involved That is not going to end well for anyone if you care about accountable government. Okay, so one of your favorite restaurants is in violation of child labor laws. Uh And we're going to tell you which one it is coming up from 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's 1131. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you for joining us. 
Coming up in just a bit, we're going to speak with former Major League Baseball player Bill Sampin. He's going to talk about what's going on at the uh, Hoosier Athletic Center in Brownsburg. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. He mm-hmm. uh, has bought that uh, that athletic facility. He's going to totally revamp it. It's going to be great for the west side of Indianapolis, uh, kind of maybe a smaller version of Grand Park, and that is going to be absolutely outstanding, and they are doing it without any government intervention, and the town's not going to own it. Private it, owner. It's going to be mm-hmm. awesome. Now, you're from Brownsburg, yes. Rob, so I'm curious. Did you ever spend any time there? Did you ever have any events or play uh, any sports there? I was in, I was on the town council when that facility, which was originally Claremont, came into the town of Brownsburg. My uh, incredible town counseling was part of making that uh, happen. The guy who owned it, I, I the family or whatever, I think fell on some hard economic times and uh this is great the bill's gonna own that it will be a great tourist attraction it will bring people to brownsburg to the west side of indianapolis and again i cannot stress this enough casey it will keep government the hell out (laughs) of the process which means it is far more likely to succeed Mm -hmm. and here's the great thing so you were not here when this happened but our, our audience will remember two years ago there was this big grandiose plan by the brownsburg town council they were in cahoots with well you guessed it the brownsburg school corporation to buy a bunch of school land at an overpriced rate and then they were going to build one of these monstrosities out there for like 21 million dollars and you kept hearing from the the parks department and the town council well we must have one of these out there and then you heard the little league board come out there no we must we must have this and it must be taxpayer funded and there's no other way to do this and a bunch of us raised our hands and said there absolutely is a way to do this. Mm-hmm. And if the people of the area actually want this, then the private sector will step up and will fund this and we'll do this on their own. No, <laughs> government's got to do it or it won't get done. Well, here we are, Casey, uh-huh. two years later. Ooh, and look you, at this. You know my least favorite part of every show yeah. is when I have to come on here and tell people how I was right. But the we kept the government out of it and a rare act of government accountability. Uh, three members of the council suffering from some form of amnesia or something did the right thing and killed that proposal after a lot of community pushback. And here we are. Mm-hmm. The thing is going to get done. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the private sector. It's going to work because you got a former Major League Baseball player using his own money mm-hmm. to make it happen. Is the building been sitting empty? Yeah, well, it's not a building. It's a it's a, a parcel of land okay. with multiple fields on it. And yes, for several years, it's been sitting empty. And now it will not be. And everybody, again, Matt, are you listening? It's something we're excited about. <laughs> or, uh, for those something you, to be positive for those you, about. Yeah, for those of you who weren't listening, earlier uh our producer our executive producer matt hiblin told me earlier today we need to find more things for you to be excited about so here's another thing to be excited about so we will have bill on next segment yeah. to talk all about how that really is gonna uh kind of change the landscape out there on the west side of it'll be interesting to hear what uh, his plans are with the place so let's head to newcastle indiana a 13 year old was arrested for murder this was following a deadly shooting in newcastle and according to the police department officers were responded to what they thought was originally a hit and run involving a pedestrian and it turns out they they found a man who was covered in blood lying in the road and uh, now a 13 year old for newcastle is going to be charged with murder while well, he's been arrested for isn't murder. that isn't the age just yes. striking well and that's why 
it's on the template today because it's the age and you're right it it's it's shocking but it's it's mostly shocking that the 13 year old was able to access a gun well, and we have seen this, especially in Indianapolis, and we talk about uh, about it a lot here because that's where we're located at. That's where the uh, the prevalence of violence is. But we are seeing more and more young people be involved in very serious, in this case, deadly crimes mm-hmm. um, of violence on other people. I mean, 13 years old, that is a strikingly young age to say that allegedly you have caused the death of someone else. Yeah. And his his future is is done for at this point if he is found guilty of that. And it's just a reminder to all responsible gun owners, you know where to put it when you're not using it, in a safe. Yeah. So that a 13-year-old can access it. Uh, also involving more children, the U.S. Department of Labor revealed that two 10-year-old children were found working at a McDonald's restaurant until 2 in the morning. Now, this happened in Louisville. What's the problem here? <laughs> well, that's against child labor laws. Which part? That the 10-year-olds were working at 2 in the morning. Look, Casey. Let's not jump to conclusions here. Biden has really done damage to the labor market. I had a conversation with a uh, restaurant owner just the other day, Mm -hmm. a a very successful uh, restaurant slash bar owner yesterday about how hard it is to get people to actually want to show up to work. Well, I mean, we just talked about Indigo, how they can't find drivers. Right. I'm, I'm I'm not apt on this one to rush out and blame McDonald's. I'm blaming Biden. You think it's his fault? Well, they said that these franchises, (laughs) they have 60 McDonald's locations in Kentucky and Indiana, Uh Maryland, and Ohio. You've got to wonder how a 10-year-old actually even gets hired. Well, don't you have to put that on your job application? Well, this is my question, is you would think, and again, I was joking, obviously, about saying that I don't blame the McDonald's. Clearly, they are at fault here, but- was there some sort of now even if there was a fake id used mm-hmm. you would think you'd know if it's a 10 year old hey that 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 person appears a little too young to be working mm-hmm. in a mcdonald's yeah although they must have been doing a halfway decent job <laughs> because they were getting the late night hours exactly but it wasn't just one it was two of them they employed over 305 children to work uh, more than the legally permitted hours, you know, when it comes to uh, children under, age, I believe it's what, age 16? Yeah, isn't that kind of... There's got to be certain hours. Well, isn't that kind of silly, though? Like, shouldn't a parent be able to decide that? Isn't that a parent's job to decide when their child should be able to do something? Why is it the government's job? Like, back in the day, there used to be all sorts of young kids who would work on family farms and, you know, doing various... Uh, in labor intensive jobs mm-hmm. and they were a lot younger than 10 if a parent i've never understood if you're if you're a parent and you believe your kid can do whatever now should a 10 year old be operating heavy machinery no probably not but could a 10 year old realistically work a whole host of jobs and not put him or herself at any sort of danger or risk or whatever and you decide they can do that then why shouldn't they be able to do Okay, that? well, and that's the point that they're trying to make here. They said under no circumstances should there ever be a 10-year-old 
child working in a fast food kitchen around hot grills, ovens, and deep fryers. What if they want to clean the restaurant? Mm -hmm. There's always people who that's their job. When I was in high school, I worked at a fast food place. That was part of my job was to clean the restaurant and greet the people. My point is, Mm -hmm. again, if the person in question is not being put in danger. Now, if you said, well, he's around a grease fryer, okay. But if their job was to clean the restaurant. Right. There's nothing dangerous about not? that uh well it must have been a 24-hour mcdonald's too if they were there working at two in the morning but these franchises could face up to two hundred and twelve thousand dollars in penalties boy yeah okay so jesse waters is apparently rumored to be the favorite to replace tucker carlson on fox news that seems right yeah i'm okay with that yeah if you're gonna get rid of tucker you know, Gutfeld wasn't one of the shows that was affected by the writer's strike. Yeah. He's still going with it. But when are they going to make that decision? Because right now, Fox News ratings in that former Tucker slot are falling. Yeah, I don't think you're going to recover from that, though. Now, Fox News will always exist as an entity. Fox News will always, you know, do somewhat well, at least by cable news standards. But I think there's a lot of, because Tucker Carlson is going to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. It isn't like Rush where he passed away. He's going to go somewhere. And unlike, see, like I think of Bill O'Reilly had kind of worn out his welcome. I think Bill O'Reilly, while a very talented guy, had kind of worn out his welcome in the numerous alleged scandals involving him. And yeah. I think it was like, and he, Bill, Bill O'Reilly wasn't even really a conservative. So when he left and they put Tucker in there, well, that's the end of Fox News. No, it really wasn't because there was somebody waiting who was of equal you know, measure to a Bill O'Reilly. The equal measure guy doesn't seem like he exists. And Tucker Carlson isn't scandal plagued. He, you know, there isn't a ton of women alleging inappropriate behavior. There wasn't millions of dollars in settlement payments by Tucker Carlson. He's going to go somewhere, which means his audience will likely go, go with, him. with him. I was texting with my sister-in-law. She lives in Washington, D.C., and we, we get into politics sometimes over the text. And I said, hey, so when are we going to talk about Tucker? And we went back and forth, and she said, well, I hope that he goes on the radio. I said, no, we don't want him on the radio, especially not from nine until noon. No, that would be very (laughs) unlikely. I mean, I think like like Newsmax certainly seems like a logical Mm -hmm. destination for him of of some sort. Um, Maybe, and who knows, maybe he's plotting his own thing, his own Right, he could launch his own network. Right. I mean, who knows? You you just don't know. But he's going to go somewhere, and those people are likely going to find him. But Jesse Waters would be, I think, a pretty good next in line. See, I don't have cable anymore, and I can't think of the last time I've watched cable television that was not a sporting event of some sort. So, I mean, this doesn't really impact me at all, but I do know that there were millions of people every night who really enjoyed watching Tucker Carlson. Mm -hmm. MSNBC beat him out this past week on a few different nights. So they, wow. they need something when Fox is losing to MSNBC. That's, All right. that's a hole in the market. When we come back, our man, yeah. Bill Sampin, former Major League Baseball player, talking about his big purchase on the West Side to bring youth sports. It's Kendall and Casey like on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
Talking baseball, Klazuski, Campanella, talking baseball, the man and Bobby Feller. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey, Sarah Casey. There is a big doings going on on the uh, the west side of uh, central Indiana. Yes, baseball. Yes, absolutely. I love this. It's in my neck of the woods over there uh, near Brownsburg, Claremont. Uh, the long-abandoned Hoosier Athletic Center has been purchased by former Major League Baseball player Bill Sampin, and he is going to turn it into the newest epicenter mm-hmm. for youth baseball, softball, all sorts of youth sports. And uh, he joins us now to talk about it on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Bill, how are you? I am great. How are you guys? Hey, we're great. So tell us, why did you decide to embark on this big endeavor to buy this big plot of land and make it a new home for youth sports? Well, we've we've been in the uh, you know baseball and softball training world for a while now, and uh, kind of on a smaller scale, um, kind of organically grew into having some travel baseball teams. And it's just continued to, to, to blossom and grow over the last few years. And we really just saw this as an opportunity to expand not only what we do, but frankly, more importantly, expand opportunity for kids in our area, the region, you know, um, even the state and, and, and Midwest region to some degree, uh, to present an opportunity for them to come to a facility where they can get training, play competitive sports and uh you know, just it's what we do, and this was just a great opportunity to expand it. Is this going to be the new home for the Indiana Expos? It will, yes. Both the Indiana Expos and the Indiana Angels, and uh, of course, we'll you know we train people from all organizations around the straight, uh, around the state. Those are just the teams that are directly under our umbrella, and it will definitely be their home. Uh, Bill Sampin, our guest, former Major League Baseball player, big announcement uh, last week purchasing the Hoosier Athletic Center in Brownsburg near I-74 and the Ronald Reagan Parkway. So, Bill, I love this because a couple years ago, the town of Brownsburg wanted to do some multi-$21 million monstrosity. There was, you know, just terrible accounting on how they were going to make money on it, rate of return. I love that you, the private sector, stepped in and said, we can do this, we can make this work. Why will this work on the west side? Well, it's it's a big industry. It's uh, there's a lot of interest, and again, I, I think for us, the reason that we were willing to take this type of plunge is we've we've got history. We we know what we do. We know how it works. We know the level of interest. We have a track record, um, and so we we've crunched all the numbers just to make sure that we could we could make that work. And I I just think it's going to be a great thing for uh, for the area. I mean, we just look at the impact of. I mean, you take take up in Westfield and Grand Park and the number of people that come to that area and what it's done for that city. Uh, I just think we, we, we just saw it as a great opportunity to grow what we do, but also just a great impact for the town. Bill, I'm curious, what is the timeline for you? Where are you now and where are you going and how long is it going to take you to get there? <laughs> good, good questions. Uh, I'm not really sure where I'm at right now. Uh, <laughs> We, uh, we're working diligently now, and, and it's going to be a little bit of uh, an ongoing process, right? We're taking the current infrastructure 
And obviously, when it is set dormant for the number of years that it has, there's just some upkeep and some some work to do to get it back up to speed and get it functioning. Uh, the soonest things we'll do, we're going to run a few events. People are approaching us about you know doing events out there, so we'll do that, accommodate them, help them with that. That actually helps speed us up a little bit, makes us uh, have to meet some timelines that are faster maybe than they would have previously been. But we'll have things going out there, you know, this summer and this fall. I'm not saying there's going to be gigantic tournaments. That's going to be a bit of, of time, right? But we're going to use it a lot uh, in the in the near future for, for our teams and for their training and for tryouts and for camps and things like that. So, Bill, it's interesting. You mentioned, you know, the multiple facilities that kind of do some of the same stuff. Grand Park and Okokomo's got a similar one as well. You're, you think there is enough want, enough need for these types of facilities that even being relatively close together, I mean, not that Brownsburg and Westfield are neighbors, but, but they're central Indiana, we can sustain multiple of these facilities in the, in the greater central Indiana area. I think there's no question. Um, and, and in fact, oddly enough, I don't even see you know, other facilities like that as competitors. There's people that come from other states. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because these type of facilities are are honestly pretty rare. Um, and granted, but these type of facilities where there's multiple fields um, are, are fairly rare. So when they have, when you have that opportunity, tournament organizers love that because they're not sending people, you know, to 15 different facilities. They can also create sort of a hub, um, and it makes it easier for everyone. Honestly. Bill, I'm curious, do you have any plans in the future that you might grow outside of baseball or softball? Like where we're talking about Grand Park and they, of course, they include multiple sports there. Do you think that is something that you will look into or are you going to stay pretty focused? Well, we ourselves will stay focused. Um, now, if if there is opportunity, you know, within that area for other sports to you know, take advantage of that too. Obviously we would be open to that, but you know, I, I, I heard some advice a long time ago, even though, you know, kind of an analogy in the restaurant business, you have to be careful that you don't get too broad, you know, your menu gets too big and you get away from what you do well. Mm -hmm. And we've tried to do that. Um, we've tried to stay focused on what we do. We train kids, uh, in baseball and softball. And so that's going to continue to be our focus. Will the property, can it be used for other sports? Absolutely. And we will, you know, we will broach those subjects as they come available. Yeah. Bill Sampin is on the line with us. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And before we let you go, I, I have to ask you, because you actually have experience doing this, what do you think about the new Major League Baseball rules? Where are you on the pitch clock and the new bases? Man, you really gonna make me answer that? <laughs> <laughs> There's no way Bill Sampin's for a pitch clock. No way. I am not a fan of any yeah! of them. I will, I, I will give this much, okay? Yeah. I I like there to be pace to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, to put a hard clock on that, I think is extreme because I think it also takes away the feel of the game. You know, and working with pitchers, I'm like, hey, we got to have some pace. We got to have some tempo. But there's times you need to slow the game down. They've taken that away. Well, Bill, you know, they've taken that away. And then, you know, I, I don't like slow players. You know, I mean, I like pretty much get the ball, get your butt on the mound, let's get this thing rolling. But now we can only pick the first base twice. Yeah, I well, mean, th- come on. Does that change how you're coaching? 
Absolutely. Yeah. It has to. I mean, it doesn't necessarily change us specifically yet because we don't we don't have the shot clock in the things that we do. Right. But but um, so we can still teach that sort of you know pretty much the same way. But on the professional level, it absolutely changes your strategy. And um, you know, I'm I'm going to 100 percent admit I am biased, but I feel like every rule change that's ever put in baseball <laughs> is for the offense. Bill's my guy. See, oh, yeah, I know. I've told you how much I love Bill. I knew what Bill's answer to that was going to be. <laughs> I mean, I think next they're going to put a pitching machine in from 80 feet away from home plate. <laughs> Nothing to pass balls. You know, can't wear a glove in the field. Yeah. Hey, Bill, before we let you go, I just want to say, you know, I've been interviewing you for close to 20 years now, and I love that you are the guys who ended up with this facility. You've been a, a Brownsburg guy through and through. Your kids went to Brownsburg. You've been committed to the area. And so just from a personal perspective, I love that you are the guys who ended up with that Hoosier Athletic Center because you're going to do a million times better job with it than the government uh, ever would. And I wish you guys just all the success with that. And just, just let us know how we can help. Well, we appreciate that very much, and we're excited about the opportunity. And this guy has a voice for broadcasting as well. Nice pipes, too. Bill's the man. Yeah. I knew what Bill's answer to that question was going to be. I knew it, and I said, I'm so glad she asked that question. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. Good job today, and thank you for listening. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.